he is here with us today to give testimony to what God has done. And so, Elevation Community Church, would you give an Elevation Community Church welcome to Boniface Gatow. Come on, Boniface. Wow, thank you so much for the wonderful, warm welcome. Uh, Dorcas, Rebecca, and I feel so privileged and honored to be here, and I'm so grateful for Phil and Lauren. They're just wonderful, wonderful people who dearly love God and uh, love to serve God, and they definitely love you so much. Let's give a hand to the Lord for them. Amen, amen, amen. I I tell you what, one of the things that Phil and I have in common is that we love to talk a lot. How many know Phil loves to talk a lot? (laughs) So if you're in our company, good luck if you get a chance to talk. (laughs) But it's been great just connecting with him. He's just a wonderful guy. And I definitely really thank God for the journey I've been through. Uh, We've lived in Cincinnati for the last uh, 20, 21 years. And it's been a joy serving God. Amen. Just a blessing to know Jesus and uh, just our passion to share with people about the love of God to encourage them, to love on them. Uh, It doesn't matter where you come from, what you've been through, uh, the crisis that you've gone through. All I know is that Jesus loves you, and so do we, and we're called to love people just the way they are. Amen? So I'll be sharing the Word of God this morning, and I pray that the Lord is going to uh, minister to you and just bless you. And um, I want to talk about uh, deeper life in Christ, and I'll be sharing from Matthew 22, deeper life in Christ, because God has called us to pursue a deeper relationship with him. And something dynamic happens to us when we pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. In in Matthew, let's turn to Matthew, and you can look at the screens, the scriptures up there for you. In Matthew 22, verse uh, 35 through 34, uh, Jesus was asked a very profound question by the teachers of the law. And the question was, what is the greatest commandment? I mean, there's so many commandments, there's so many uh, laws in the Bible, uh, some uh, that Moses uh, put together, you read in Leviticus, all throughout the Bible, so many laws. And so uh, this is a profound question. And the Bible says it's then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. So so think about that for a moment. And what I love about these two commandments, it's all about love. It begins with love. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor. In fact, if you think about John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so did what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Everything that God does is based on love. And one question I often ask myself, what did God see in the world to love the world? Because if you look at the world, there are a lot of evil things that go on in the world. People do all kinds of things. 
In fact, if you look at it from the beginning, God created a beautiful garden, put man, Adam and Eve, in that garden. Yet they sinned against him. And the generations thereof, there's so much. You think about the children of Israel, the things that they did. That they were dishonest to God. They were rebellious. They, they walked against the laws of God. They broke every commandment they could think of. And yet God says that I so loved the world. That I will give my only begotten son to die on the cross for you and me. You see, coming to Christ has nothing to do with what we do. It's not because of our goodness. Because so many times when you talk to people, they're struggling. You don't know my, my background. You don't know my sin. You don't know the struggles I've been. You don't know the things that I've, yeah, that I've done in my life. And they feel I have to clean myself up to come to the kingdom. And God says, no, it's not what you've done. It's what I have done. Right. See, we're saved by the grace of God. It's not because of our good works. It's not because of our goodness. But it says because I am God. I am good. Because I am love. I love you. I love you. I care about you. I have a plan for your life. Regardless of your sinful past. So we're here in the right place. In fact Jesus said I did not come for the well. I came for the sick people. I came for the people who are struggling. I came for the people who have issues. Who've been rejected. Who nobody cares about them. Who people feel so mad and upset because of the things they have done. This is the reason why Jesus came. I died on the cross for everybody whosoever believes. That's powerful. But let me say this to you as a Christian who, who knows Jesus. Who has a relationship with Jesus. Let me say this to you. It's great to come into the kingdom of God. That's not all. Where God says. I want you to pursue a deeper relationship with me. So that's what I'm talking about. Deeper relationship with Christ. Deeper life in Christ. I tell you this. When you pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. Your life will never be the same again. You will know God in ways you've never known. You will discover Jesus in a whole new way. See, God wants to reveal himself to us. Through our struggles, through our issues, whatever it is we're going through, God says, just come, come nearer to me. You know, most of the time when we're struggling, when we're not doing what we should do, or we're rebelling against God, we want to run away from God. Say, I won't go to church. I can't go and stand before the presence of God. The things that I've done in my life. Where God is saying, no, don't run away from me. Come to me. Come to the cross. I have enough grace. I have forgiveness. I will help you in your struggles. I will help in your issues. I know you're struggling. I know you have issues. I know you're not perfect. I know you desire so much to come closer. I know you desire so much and you're struggling. He's saying, rather than go away, come to me just as you are. I will change you. See, when Jesus called the disciples, he didn't tell them, make yourselves disciples or fishers of men. He says, I will make you fishers of men. See, God does the transforming. All we have to do is say, God, I surrender and I come to you and I say, yes, Lord, may you use me. Yes, Lord, may you change my life. Yes, Lord, may you transform me because God is in the business of transformation. You know what all is asking of us? It's not many things. That's why Jesus, he summarized the laws 
into this tree. Just says, just love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's all you need to do. Then love your neighbor. That's all that he's requiring of us. What happens when we press in? What happens when we pursue a deeper relationship with Christ? And I will share a couple of examples of people in the Bible. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. She discovered Jesus in a whole new way. This woman had spent 12 years suffering from this issue of blood. And she had spent all that she had. Went to the best physicians in town. She tried all that she could do. But still, she was still facing her sickness. Then she heard about Jesus. She heard about the Messiah. She heard about Jesus. She heard that that this man called Jesus, his Lord. That he can heal. That he can deliver. And so she goes and she hears Jesus. And she presses to the crowd. Because she said within herself. That if only I touch the hem of his garment. I will be made whole. She, she had a pursuit. She said I will pursue Jesus. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And I will be made whole. And indeed she pressed through the crowds. She pushed herself forward. Until she got to the hem the garment of Jesus and when she touched that garment she was made whole see Jesus when you press when you you pursue a deeper relationship with Christ he will reveal himself as a healer and it might be for you may not be facing a physical illness but you might be struggling with other issues in your life See what God is saying? Pursue a deeper relationship. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to glorify myself in your life. Whatever it is that you might be suffering from. See, I think about Jesus. When you pursue a deeper relationship with Christ, Jesus reveals himself as a provider. See, in fact, scripture says that I will supply all your needs according to his riches. In glory. And his riches are limitless. He says I will supply your needs. What do you need? And it's not all the time where it's physical needs. It's not all the time where it's money or resources that we need. There are the needs we might be having. He is your supplier. He is your provider. He says, you see, remember the time when Moses, when the Lord spoke to Moses and he said... That I want you to go deliver the Israelites from Egypt. And he had this question. Who shall I say has sent me? And he said tell them I am. In fact one translation says I will be. And what that means I'll be everything that you need in this journey. I'll be your strength. Whatever you need I will be that. I'll be your provider. You think about a time when Jesus was ministering to the multitudes. And it was getting late and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, you know what? You need to send these guys away. It's getting late. They need something to eat. And we have nothing. And so Jesus, you know, interesting asked, what can we give them? And so Philip, being a very interesting guy, maybe he was the accountant, does some math and says, really? We don't have that kind of money to feed these people. We don't have, are we going to spend, you know, he did a quick calculation. And and so how much it was going to cost for them to buy that kind of food. And so Jesus says, go find out what's there. 
And so finally they came up with uh, five loaves and two fish. A young boy, thank God for this young boy who had faith. Maybe the other people who had some loaves and fish, but they're not willing to give up what they had. I'm not going to give up my lunch. You find your own lunch. So this young boy gives us the five loaves and two fish. So they bring it to Jesus. And some of them are wondering, how much can this feed 5,000 people? In fact, it talks about 5,000 men. doesn't account for the women and children. So you would think probably there were 10,000 or 15,000 people. But you see, Jesus already knew, I am the provider. So what does Jesus do? He takes what was provided, thanks the Father, and says, now go give to the people. And the miracle of multiplication happens. See, quite often in life, in the different things that we face in life, in the times where we have a need... And we're praying for provision. What I've learned is this. God always uses what you have. He'll always use what you have. And quite often what we have looks insufficient. Doesn't look enough. But he says whatever it is that you have. That's what I'm going to use. See Moses was crying out. How do I deliver the children of Israel? What do you have in your hand? He had a staff. The woman who went to the prophet of God and saying, my husband is dead and I'm in so much in debt. What do I do? What do you have? She had a little jar of oil. God took that little jar of oil and multiplied it. See, what I've learned, quite often we despise what we have. And we compare ourselves with other people and saying, I wish I had more. Like my neighbor. I wish I had more like my friend. I would do so much. No, God is saying, I will bless what you have and I'll use what you have and make it more than enough. What do you have? Maximize what you have. In fact, quite often, we look at people who are successful and assume their cup is always full. That's not the case. In life, the cup is always half empty. The glass is always half, half full or half empty, depending on how you look at it. But people who are successful in life, they take the half that they have, they see the glass as half full, and they maximize. See, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ where he gives us a promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you through the storms, through the tough times. And I will provide for you. I will be what you need. Because sometimes what we really need is to tell God, open my eyes to see the blessing. It's already there. It's just that we don't see it. Okay? But when we maximize, when we see that, we use it to the glory of God. Another way that as we pursue a deeper relationship with Christ... God reveals himself to us as Jesus, the deliverer, to deliver us. He sets, the Bible says this in Luke chapter 4, and this is a fulfillment in, in the prophetic word in the book of Isaiah, where the word says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners And recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free. I want to say this to you. Jesus is anointed to set us free. 
Maybe you might be struggling with all kinds of addictions in your life and wondering, how do I set myself free? You can't do it on your own. You need the empowerment of God. And that's why Jesus comes in, that I came for this reason to set you free from the chains that have bound you. Whatever it might be, it may be such a struggle that you struggled for years and years and years and years. Jesus is saying, I came for this reason to set you free as you pursue a deeper relationship with me. I'm going to set you free. So many incidences in the Bible where, where people are bound by spirits. I, I think of this man at one time when Jesus uh, crossed the river to go to the other side. And he started preaching the gospel. And, and there was this man who had been oppressed by demonic powers. And he, even people tried to chain him. But he would break those chains. And, and he was in the tombs. And nobody wanted to do anything with this man. Why? Because he was oppressed of the enemy. He was bound by evil spirits. But yet in the presence of Jesus. Jesus saw a soul that needs to be set free. And this man, the Bible talks about demons that were cast out of this man. And they went into these pigs. And these pigs went and drowned. But this man was set free, delivered. He was dressed well in his right mind. And he was there seated receiving the word of God. In fact, he wanted to follow Jesus everywhere Jesus went. No one could contain this man. He was bound. But when he came to Jesus, his chains were broken. See, that's the power of God. That Jesus, for this reason, he came. I don't know what it is that you might be going through in your life. And you feel bound. You you feel you've been going through a time where, where where you're struggling in your personal life. Probably even nobody knows about it. And you've, you've had this bondage in your life. I want to tell you for this reason. Jesus came. He came to set us free. And there's nothing too hard for him. With God all things are possible. Or he's asking is for us to come to him. Amen. You see what I love about Jesus. He, he's all about love. He's all about love. Remember this woman who's caught by these teachers of the law. They caught this woman in the act of adultery. And they bring this woman to Jesus. I often wonder where was the man. That's right. <laughs> and they're expecting Jesus is going to condemn. She's already feeling guilty. See, I just love when you read scripture. I mean, the way Jesus did ministry was amazing. And he just stands there and he says that whoever has no sin, let that person be the first to cast a stone. And they left one at a time from the greatest to the least. They all left. And the woman standing there wondering, what is Jesus going to say? And Jesus says, just go and sin no more. You're free. That's why I came. I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to condemn you. No, I came to give you life. In fact, John, John 10, 10 says that I have come. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that he may give you life and life more abundantly. That's the God that we serve. So many times the enemy comes with lies that God doesn't love you. That God looks at your sin and wants nothing to do with you. That is a lie from the devil. When Jesus sees us, he sees us as his children. The people he wants to deliver, even those who are not saved, he said, come into the kingdom. I will change your life. I will transform you and make you into the vessel of honor that I want you to be. 
See, it's so profound. Just an amazing thing. I mean, you think about Zacchaeus. He's a wealthy guy, very corrupt, but wealthy, you know, and, and he was curious about Jesus. See, there's just something amazing about Jesus as he walked in the streets of Jerusalem, in Samaria, in different places. I mean, people wondered about him. And Zacchaeus, he had Jesus is coming in town, and he climbs on a tree to see who this Jesus is. And as Jesus is passing by, guess what? He says, you know, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Now everybody, obviously that throws off everybody out of balance because they're like, wait a minute. You don't know this guy is the most corrupt guy in town. He works for the IRS. <laughs> and he's doing all kinds of stuff that he shouldn't be doing. You know, and what, what happens? And so in expectation, they're wondering, God, Jesus is going to rebuke this man. He's going to tell him all the, the way he's taken advantage, stealing from the government, stealing from people and all these kind of things, you know. And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. And this guy prepares a meal. And all Jesus does is that he sits there. And he eats a meal with this man. See, this man already knew, I'm a sinner. And you know what changed his heart? He could not believe that Jesus is coming to his house. This is the Holy One of Israel coming to the house of a sinner like me. Jesus didn't say a word about repent. Guess what? He just felt the conviction. I need to change my life. I'll pay every back that I've stolen from. I, I will live for God. I will do what's right. Why? Because he was in the presence of Jesus. See, that's what Jesus does. He transforms our lives. He, he will change us. Next thing I want to share is we pursue a deeper relationship with God. We begin to recognize that Jesus is a miracle worker. He does miracles. I'm telling you, Jesus, he's the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He doesn't change. He performs miracles. And one of the beautiful miracles that I like is the time Jesus walked on water. He walked on water. And, 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 and he was walking towards the uh, disciples in a boat. And by the way, there was a storm. That even makes it worse. But he's still walking on water. There's a storm. And so these people, the disciples see Jesus and they're scared to death. They're like, this is a ghost. See? But Jesus says, fear not. And I like Peter because Peter, this is a kind of a guy. I mean, he was a sanguine, I guess, you know. I mean, just uh, let me go out there and see what happens. I mean, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come up. And the other disciples are saying, you're saying what? <laughs> are you sure you want a God? What if it's a ghost? I like such kind of people. They're there to dream. They're ready to step out. And Peter is the kind of guy, I'm going to step out. If I drown, I'll drown. But I'm going to try this thing. Thank you very much. And what's interesting about this is that, you know, oftentimes people read that scripture and they assume that Peter drowned. He never did. The Bible says he started sinking. He only started sinking. And the wonderful thing is that when you're starting to sink, what do you do? You call on Jesus. But at least he had the experience of what? Walking on water. A little bit before he started looking at the storms. See, what's beautiful about thing, this is that when Jesus walked on water, he defied natural laws to reveal his divine nature. Those situations that look so impossible, I'm telling you, God is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. I said, God is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. 
it is wonderful that there are times God will use the natural ways to reveal himself to us, to answer prayers in our lives. But there are times in our lives where we're in a situation where we're between a rock and a hard place. And the only thing, the only solution you have is God. God to come and intervene in a way that no man can intervene. And he's more than able. You know, Phil just shared a while ago that I went through a, a, a time in my life. You know, and, and one of the interesting things that I, that I went and we didn't see this coming, but thank God I'm here today. Amen. I could not eat any solid food for three months. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on, didn't know what was going on. They tried the best that they could do. And all we could do was to call upon God and just trust God and believe God to come through. Now I want to tell you that God is a God of miracles. In that moment of desperation, in that moment of not knowing. And I want to tell you, when you're in that place of uncertainty, when the doctors, the best, you're working with the best doctors that we had at the time, trying to do the best they can, and they tell you, I'm sorry, we don't know what's going on, and we don't know what to do. But we called upon God, who is more than able. And I remember the time they were, you know, often when you get discharged, you're being discharged because you're feeling better. But that wasn't the case for me. They told me, I'm sorry, we have to discharge you because you're not getting better. And they had to put me on uh, for nutrition on TPN, which is, uh, for those of you in uh, medical industry know what I'm talking about, but TPN is just uh, a nutrition that they give you through the IV just to make sure that you're getting what you need to keep you going. And so I had to use that every day, run a machine for 16 hours every day. And, and when I left, you know, God just said this, you know, that, that your healing will begin when you go home. And they told me this, they told us this, that you will be on TPN long term or the rest of your life. And I thank God for a doctor who I built a very good relationship with. And he gave me his cell phone number and we would talk a lot. And I, I used this opportunity while in hospital just to talk about Jesus. And I told him, my hope is in God. That's who we're looking to. And he was so concerned for us and, and, and wanted the best. And, and he knew what I was going through and, and, and what lay ahead. Just the tough lifestyle that you're living on TPN indefinitely. And, and let me tell you this, because God is a God who is faithful. God is a God who chooses to glorify himself in the midst of our circumstances. We went home, my wife and I, and so many people feel, and other people were praying and trusting God and believing God. And, and so one day, in fact, the time I left the hospital, one of the things that said, you know, I had the feeding tube and all that, you know, they had said, you know, I need to try and take medication with uh, just the tablets, because I couldn't take that, you know. And so I had to really try hard. I could only take a teaspoon of water when I went home, you know. And, and we started praying and trusting God and believing God. Within the second week, you know, I said, you know what, I, I'll try some soup and crackers and something. And, and we just started trusting God and started believing God that, that by uh, uh, Thanksgiving, that was in October uh, 2017, but Thanksgiving, just trusting God, that I'll be able to sit down and eat some mashed potato and just some meal, some Thanksgiving meal. And we were just believing God for that. And I want to tell you, God is faithful. That on Thanksgiving Day, I had a small Thanksgiving meal. 
Now, here's the amazing thing about it is that I, I called the doctor. He had given his cell phone number. So I, 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 you know, I called him up and told him, okay, this is what's going on. He was so amazed. And I was expecting him to tell me now, this is the next step. Come back to the hospital. And, and this is what we need to do. Stop you on TPN and all that. But the first thing he asked me is that, tell me about your faith in God. Because this is not according to the script, what we know medically. But God, who is so faithful to fulfill his word. But God, who says, because God has the final word over your life and over my life. And all he's calling us is to trust in him. If your time is not over, it's not over. He will sustain you. And he will use that as a testimony for you to testify to other people. And tell them about Jesus. In fact, the time came, you know, just being uh, in the hospital just for so long. You know, you know, and God started impressing in my heart. In the midst of all that's going on, I want you to share the gospel. You know, God is very interesting. In the midst of all that's going on, we don't know what's going to happen. Can't figure out. But I want you to share the gospel. In fact, I remember one time once I got discharged from hospital. One week after, I was supposed to go back to see the doctor. And I wasn't feeling well. And he told me, you know what? I am so sorry. You're not going back home. You're going you're gonna to stay. We're going to have you uh, in the hospital. And just make sure you're getting more fluids and all that. So when I went back, interesting enough, I went back to the same floor I was. And I met with some of the nurses there. And one of them told me, you know what? Since the last time you're here... I started going to church. I thought about the things that you were uh, telling me about. And, and, and I want to pursue a relationship with Christ. You know? And then after that, I remember meeting with one of the doctors, a uh, uh, therapist. And, and she was interested just to know about my life a little bit more. Because she said most of the time when people are dealing uh, with these kind of issues, they're, they're depressed. You know? And going through a difficult kind. Because it's not easy. It, it's not easy. And... I had a chance to share with her and tell her, you know what? My faith in God, I'm trusting in Jesus. He's the one who gives us peace in the midst of the storm. And she was very excited. She was with two nursing students. And she said this, I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but you need to listen to this man when he's talking about uh, uh, God and his faith. So this is what she said. If any of you wants to talk to him, you're more than welcome to come back and talk to him. Guess what? One of them did. And I started sharing with her about Jesus. About hope in Christ. That, that Jesus is the one who makes a difference. I can't do this on my own with all I'm dealing with. Is that God has given me peace. And I had a chance to pray with her. And she said, you know what? I want to I wanna pursue God. I, I want to connect to God. I, I, I want to start going to church. I, 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 wanna, I, I just, I just want to trust in God. See, in the midst of what you're going through, God wants to glorify himself. I don't know what it is you might be going through. But I want to tell you this, that as you pursue a deeper relationship with Christ. See, this is what I say. When, when you experience a storm in life, there are two things when we pray that might happen. One, God will calm the storm. Two, if he doesn't calm the storm, he will calm your heart in the midst of the storm. He will give you the grace that you need to go through the storm. It's great when he calms the storm. It's great when he moves the mountain. 
That's wonderful when he does that. But I'm telling you this. Sometimes he will give you grace to climb that mountain. See, I think about the time when Jesus and Calvary being crucified. He had two men. One on the right and one on the left. One of them said this to Jesus. If you are who you claim to be, save us. If you are who you claim to be, save us. Change our circumstances. Change our situation. The other man said to Jesus, I know I'm guilty as charged. I deserve to die. But because of who you are, I believe who you are. And I'm paraphrasing this. May you remember me today. In other words, he said, change my heart. I want to have a right standing with God. He recognized that the state of his heart was more important than his circumstances. And I want to say this to you. That yes, God wants to intervene in our situations and circumstances. But what is more important is to change the state of our hearts. That is more important. Why? Because he will give you peace. In the midst of your storm. He will give you peace. He will give you grace to deal with what you're dealing with. That those around you will ask. Why are you still smiling? When you're going through so much. When you've lost so much. See the apostle Paul. On his way to be judged. He had been arrested. arrested. They experienced the storm. They experienced the storm. Everything was destroyed. But his faith in God was still there. And God used him in the midst of the storm where he talks to the sailor and says, you know what? We'll lose everything, but no one is going to die. God used that opportunity for him to testify and talk about the greatness of his God and witness to all these people in that ship. I wonder how many turned their lives to Christ. Just to invite the worship team. And this is what I want us to do this morning. I want us just to go before God and, and, and just worship the Lord. I don't know what you're going through. But all I can tell you is that God is calling us to a deeper life. God is calling us to draw nearer to him. He says, I want to reveal myself to you. I want to show myself to you. Because I love you so much. Maybe this morning you, you just need to experience the love of God. And just, just that, that assurance that God loves you so much. Maybe this morning you're just struggling. And all you need to do is just worship God and tell God to touch you. Tell God to minister to you. Tell God to give you peace. Tell God just, just, just talk to God this morning. Just worship the Lord this morning. Because we serve a good God who is so loving. He is so caring. He's not giving up on you. Some of you have given up. God says, you might have given up. I'm not giving up on you. See, he's the light of the world. He's the giver of life. And he deserves to just pour out his love, his life to us. And maybe that's what you need to hear this morning, that God cares about you. He knows about your deep darkness, your deep struggles. And he's saying, you know what? I love you just as you are. I know your struggles. And he's saying, just come. I will do the changing. All we ask to do is just to surrender. People may reject us, but God won't reject you. People may give up on you. And probably in that place in your life where you feel like you failed everybody. 
God says, I love you so much. I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on you. Not anytime soon. Think about the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Busy, on fire, going to persecute the church. And this great light comes and strikes him. And he hears this voice, why are you persecuting me? And the Lord reveals himself to the apostle. He becomes apostle Paul later on. A man who was persecuting the church. Led, stood, and seen people, Christians being killed. And God takes him, changes his heart, and now turns around. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a God that we serve. Who's willing to change and transform our lives. I'd like to ask our field just to join me up here. And as the worship team leads us in worship. If you want to just come to the altar. Feel free to come. So, but I want us just to take a moment. Just worship God. Just connect with God. Tell God I want to pursue a deeper relationship with you. Can we do that? Let's stand on our feet. You know? And after that I'll just pray. And then ask our field just to lead us in the singing.